and welcome to the show today. In this episode, I had the opportunity to chat with one of the founders of the organization Here to Connect. I connected with this organization as I was scrolling on Instagram, looking for someone who could understand my deaf child's perspective. As a hearing parent, I realized that there is a whole part of life that I won't fully understand that my deaf kids go through on a daily basis. So I like to seek out other deaf adults and deaf teenagers who are willing to share their perspective on navigating the world of hearing loss as a deaf or hard of hearing person. And I was so excited to find Here to Connect, which is an organization of deaf and hard of hearing teenagers who seek to educate about hearing loss and also have a goal of mentoring younger deaf kids. And I think that's so cool that the older deaf kids are looking for ways to mentor younger deaf kids. And this is a really unique need that I don't believe has been filled yet in this space. In this episode, we really get into school accommodations and what it's like living as a deaf teenager. If you're ready to learn, let's dive in. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to integrate language skills into your home but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and time management tips? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child. There were so many decisions and information overload big time. I lacked clarity and confidence, and I yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then that I discovered communication strategies to support our kids' language development, time management tips, and home systems that fit into our busy lives. And I can't wait to share them with you. So put down that to-do list for a fresh mug of coffee, and let's get started. Did you know that I have a free community of women just like you? Busy moms who want more ease and balance in their lives by creating effective communication systems for their families. In the community, we share tips for time management and support each other through hearing loss with our kids. Come join us at facebook.com groups slash raising deaf kids. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Raising Deaf Kids podcast. And today we have such a fun and special guest. I have been looking forward to this guest for a while. And she is one of the founders of the organization Here to Connect. So great to have you here. And I am going to let you introduce yourself to our audience and say your name because I did not do it well. And I I do not want to mess up your name. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ms. Jacobs, for having me on this podcast. I'm Pragalia Armagum. I'm a junior in high school currently, and I am a founder of Here to Connect. I've had bilateral sensor and neural cochlear implants. I mean, I've had bilateral cochlear implants for a really long time now. I was diagnosed with bilateral sensor and neural hearing loss when I was around 18 months old, and I got my cochlears around two years old. And, awesome. Yeah. yeah did, sorry, did you want to add anything to that? I'm sorry to butt in. No worries. Yeah, I think that was it. Okay. Yeah. And 
So yeah, just so you know, I have three kids and two of my kids, my two boys have the same type of hearing loss that you have. And they got their cochlear implants both when they were about 11 months old. And so it sounds like you kind of have a similar story. And I'm so excited to talk to you because my kids are so young, as is a lot of the parents that we talk to. And, you know, they can't really tell us a lot (laughs) right now, you know, or they're not aware of a lot, maybe as much because they're younger. And being able to talk to someone like you who is in high school you know, and is a little bit older is just so valuable and encouraging to us as parents. So thank you so much for like coming on and helping our parents kind of understand from your perspective, what hearing loss is like. I would love to talk a little bit about maybe we can start with school. Would that be okay? Like what has your experience been in school with hearing loss? You know, maybe we can even talk about what are some things that, you know, parents should know about our kids. You know, if our kids have hearing loss and they're in school, what are some things that like we should know about as well? That's a great question. School is definitely a great place. And I think it's taught me so much over the years on how to like navigate with my hearing loss. And one thing I would like to emphasize on is accommodations. I feel like I should have started using them earlier on and, and yeah, I feel like I should have started using them earlier on, especially like in elementary school, because I didn't know that they could be so helpful, especially like later on in high school, which I use them pretty often now. And also just, I realized there's like some, you know, harmful stereotypes about hearing loss and even children in elementary schools can experience this. I feel like a lot of like my friends who are deaf and hard of hearing have also come across like similar experiences where other kids may not be as aware of what hearing loss is like or the struggle that these children go through. Yeah, that's great. So do you go to like a mainstream school or do you go to a deaf school or have you gone to a deaf school in the past or kind of what has your school been? I've gone through primarily mainstream schools my entire life. I've never went to a deaf or hard of hearing school. Okay, great. That's, I mean, a lot of our parents have kids, me included, in a mainstream school. What, you know, how was it, you know, communicating with other kids, you know, in your school who were regular hearing or you know, I know that you mentioned there are some like harmful stereotypes out there. Did like, have you experienced any, you know, like other kids or other people, you know, like asking you about these or assuming that you're one way or another because you have hearing loss? Yes, I have. Throughout my elementary school years, this was like a long time ago, but yeah, like I think most of the time interactions were fine. It was just in that like kindergarten to like third grade time where like kids aren't that mature yet or like you know understanding what other people might be going through yeah people would like often ask me like what's that on your ear or like are you deaf can you sign just like common assumptions like that and also just like looking down on you just because you have a disability or also assuming that like if you have a disability that's not visible then you don't really have a disability 
and like underestimating that like struggle that like hearing lost kids go through. Yeah, I have found that a lot that has mentioned when I've talked to other adults who have hearing loss and they have told me kind of what you were saying that like they have to remind people a lot that they Mm -hmm. have hearing loss and they have to remind people a lot to, you know, face them when they talk or, you know, to use, sometimes they use, you know, like a microphone, like a mini microphone or something, you know, they have to remind people to do that. And I get a sense maybe more than, you know, someone that has some other medical challenges that are maybe more visible. And, you know, I, I think it's hard either way, but I definitely notice in the like deaf and hard of hearing community that there is kind of an overall theme of people forget that we have hearing loss and that we have to constantly remind people. Have you experienced that, that you're kind of having to remind people a lot that you can't hear something or, you know, ask something to be repeated? Yeah, I have experienced that. Even now I do. Some of my friends, they know that I have hearing loss because I tell them. But occasionally they'll forget that I even have hearing loss. And talking in a loud environment is like really not the best for me because I cannot hear what they're saying. So oftentimes I find myself like saying, hey, I can't hear anything. And then they're like, oh, now I remember. Let's go somewhere quiet. So I feel like I definitely agree with the theme of quiet. I mean, forgetting as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And you sound like you do such a great job of speaking up for yourself, which is not easy for a lot of kids to do, especially maybe in like middle school and high school. You know, you're in it. I haven't been in it for a long time and you're in it now. So you can tell me better. But I feel like, you know, a lot of times in middle school and high school, you kind of want to fit in more sometimes. And I feel like sometimes kids are in middle school and high school are a little nervous to like bring attention to themselves or like ask ask other people to repeat themselves or say I can't hear and that maybe I could see that they would just kind of go along and maybe miss something but you know didn't want to you know ask someone to do something else special And you seem to do a great job of speaking up for yourself, which is fantastic. What can you you tell? Yeah, what can you tell or what advice can you give if you're talking to like a middle schooler or a high schooler with hearing loss and they're like, I'm afraid to speak up, you know, I'm afraid to like keep reminding people. What, What would you tell them or how could we like encourage them to speak up more? Personally, I've definitely like related to the feeling of like not being able to speak up because I'm scared of like what people think and all. But I think after like a certain point, you have to like sort of realize that to make this work for yourself, you have to like speak up. So something I would do is just like if someone has like classes with the teachers and like their schedules are released the day before or something, I'd email those teachers and let them know ahead of time so that if they feel a little bit more comfortable that way, instead of feeling like they're put on the spot when they do introductions and being like, oh, I have hearing loss, and then everyone just turns around and stares at them. I think that's a lot more better for them. And personally, I'd just suggest if their hearing loss is like 
manageable enough to like tell a decent amount of people I'd say like tell the closest people to you because that way you feel like instead of like not telling anyone how you feel with your hearing loss you have like a couple of people that you can like depend on but certain circumstances of course I feel like you would need to tell people like hey I can't hear can you like go here but also just recognizing that if people judge you for it it's that means they're not like a great person or like nice enough to you. And that's just a sign that maybe they aren't supposed to be your friend. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that perspective. And that's so true is, you know, you can't control what other people think about you, you know, and you can't control what other people are thinking or what they're going to say. But just like you were kind of saying, you can control kind of how you react to that. And, you know, like you said, you you can control who you're friends with, you know, and making sure that you have supportive people as your friends. And if somebody's not going to be supportive, then maybe they're not, you know, really going to be a good friend. I think that's a great thing to think about. What are some things that help you in school? Like when you're in the classroom or even if you're doing extracurricular, what, what are some things that you know, we can tell parents or we can tell other like middle schoolers and high schoolers like, hey, maybe you should think about asking for this at school or make sure you're doing this because it will help you. That's a great question. I personally, I have like accommodations for extended time on tests. And I think that's a really great accommodation that I've used consistently over the years because our brain is a little bit slower to like understanding things a bit so having that extra time to help us kind of like reduces the stress and like anxiety for us so I think definitely like requesting for extended time on tests or assignments is a great accommodation that most students should be using for hearing loss another thing I would recommend is having a note taker this really really helps with like listening fatigue and I just started using it this year And I didn't realize how much I was like trying to focus in on whatever the teacher was saying until I got like note takers, because I feel like that reduced a lot of like the listening stress and trying for me to like write down notes really quickly was like not efficient for me and my body. So note taking is definitely something I would like 100% recommend to parents for their kids. And of course, I would say either using like a FM system could help or just if you're sitting close enough to the teacher, that's also great too. I use, I just use like preferential seating. So I just sit really close in the front. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love your um, idea about a note taker. So that that is not as I'm, I'm a regular hearing person. That's not something that I would have thought of, you know, sitting maybe closer to the teacher, making sure you have like a visual to the teacher, a visual of who's talking would be something that maybe I could think about. But that was a great idea is having a note taker for someone can, does your school provide a note taker? Is that something that you use? I don't necessarily have like a person who takes notes for me, but I also just like ask the teacher to kind of like fill out some portions of the notes that they're going to cover and it's kind of like fill in the blanks in a way so I'm like trying to like you know listen less so that also just like a great alternative but I know some of my friends in college they say like note taking is amazing for accommodations 
Yeah. And are you looking, I'm not sure what year in high school you are, or you may have said it and I may have 11th grade. You're in 11th grade. Great. Are you thinking about college? I am. I am thinking about some in-state colleges and some out-state of colleges as well. Amazing. What are you thinking about? Because I know a lot of parents have high schoolers, you know, who are deaf or hard of hearing and are, you know, in your grade thinking about colleges now. And, you know, I'm curious, maybe when you're looking at colleges, are you looking for anything like in particular, you know, kind of like, what are you looking at when you've been like researching colleges that, you know, you're thinking about applying to or going to? I'm looking into colleges that align with my interests. So I have an interest in like science and health. So I'm looking to like undergraduate colleges for those. And something I just like want to keep also looking for while considering some of these college choices I'm trying to make is looking into their disability and accessibility resources and making sure that like they provide a lot of accommodations, making sure that like their atmosphere is inclusive. So that way, if I go to their college, I don't feel like I'm stranded. I'm not being able to get the support that I need or if my accommodations aren't met. So I'm just like keeping those factors in mind when I'm looking for my colleges. Yeah, I love that. And that is is so important to find a college that, you know, aligns with, you know, your values and kind of what type of community you want to be in and who's going to support you. Because yeah, you're there for four years and you want to have fun and you want to feel comfortable. And you definitely, you know, I agree, want to make sure that you're getting, you know, all the accommodations easily, you know, that you want and that you're that, you know, college or university is willing to provide that for you, which is fantastic advice for, you know, parents and other kids as they're looking towards college. And you, what I wanted to also talk about, you've given us some fantastic advice about school, because I know parents are always like wondering about school, <laughs> you know, like, how do I help my kids through school? What accommodations do I do? And, you know, I guess what I like to encourage parents about is parents worry a lot about our kids. (laughs) I don't know if your parents are the same way, but, you know, we worry that, you know, the world is going to be fair to our kids, which is not going to be, but the world isn't fair to anyone, unfortunately. But, you know, we worry about, like, small things, which, you know, probably to you seem like, oh, not a big deal, but to us who are hearing parents because we've never experienced hearing loss we don't we don't know what our kids are experiencing and we worry about things like how are my kids going to wake themselves up if they like can't hear their alarm clock you know little things like that how are they going to make friends are they going to make friends how are they going to communicate what would you say to parents who are worrying and they might have little kids who aren't as old as you yet you know, so they, they might have little kids and they haven't gone through school yet, or, you know, they haven't gone through this or, you know, how are they going to play sports? What are we going to do? There's so much to like figure out. What would you tell parents who are just worried about how their deaf or hard of hearing kids are going to navigate the world? My parents were also hearing. 
so they had like many of the same like experiences you were like just saying about like worrying about like how their kids are going to navigate because when I got implanted and when I I didn't start speaking till like I was four so it was a little bit later and my parents were a little bit worried how are we going to like help her navigate the hearing world and all that but honestly I think the best thing was like finding the right support system so finding a great team of audiologists, speech pathologists, and like just support and know the resources that are in your state. And those were like really great support for us. And like, it really helped me navigate as a younger kid through the hearing world. Also, another thing I would like to say is, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Another thing I'd like to say is just to make sure that your kids can interact with children around like with the same experiences as your children, because I feel like looking back, I wish I had some of the same experiences interacting with, oh, oh my God, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, <that's... laughs> looking back, I kind of wish that I got to meet more deaf and hard of hearing children because I felt like if I had met these children earlier, that would have like helped me get an idea of like, oh, I'm not alone in this mainstream school where like, I don't know anyone else who has like hearing loss in this district or who doesn't, or like just being tired of being like the only hearing loss kid in your school. So I think those experiences can definitely help parents. Also considering to talk to someone who's older than your child who has hearing loss can definitely help parents who are worried about their child feel a little bit better and at ease because seeing what someone else has gone through and how far they come or how they're successful now can help their them feel a little bit like less worried and you know much more reassured and as for the question about like how will your children wake up I use a bed bed alarm shaker so I think that's like something you could practice with your children because that's definitely helped me. My parents were like worried two years ago because I couldn't like wake up without them waking me up. But I feel like with practice, they're like less worried that, and they're now more like confident that I can like wake up on my own. Yeah, I know. And like I said, it probably seems like a silly thing, but it's just, you know, something that us parents think about is just, you know. Yeah, just the little things. And thank you for all of those suggestions. That's so helpful. And that leads me perfectly into what I wanted to talk about was is the organization that you created. Tell us what this organization is, what you did, how you thought about creating it, because I just think this is fantastic that you're doing this. So the organization that I created is called Here to Connect. And basically the aim of this organization is to help younger children who are deaf or hard of hearing to be able to connect with others with the similar experiences. Because like I mentioned earlier, I feel like such experiences are really valuable. And it wasn't like until like this summer that I met so many kids who were deaf and hard of hearing. And I felt like this experience was really amazing because we could talk about so many things that we like experienced that we thought we were so alone in or we thought that we were the only ones experiencing it, but like we could all like feel like we could connect and truly like hear other people's, you know, how they handle the situation. And just also just have someone you can feel like you can relate to. So we also want to like help children improve like their self-confidence, 
and self-advocacy because especially with hearing loss, which is not like super well known about, I think self-advocacy is really, really important because you're going to face in yourself in many situations where you have to speak up for yourself or make sure that you're getting support you need. So we want to help younger children in the area like have these resources or learn how to do this earlier on. So that way they don't struggle with speaking up later in their life. So that's what we do. I love that. So are all of you who are, I guess, started the organization in charge of it, are all of, do all of you have hearing loss? Yep, we do. Yeah, no, that is so great because like you said, there are so many things that you can help other kids with, you know, that us parents who are regular hearing, like just don't know about. And it's not like we're not willing to learn, but you know, we just, we don't have the same experience as our kids. And that's fine that that's why your organization is so valuable is, you know, that you are connecting with other kids and, you know, you're basically like mentoring them and telling them like, Hey, you know, this is what you need to know, or this is what to do, or just like encouraging them and connecting with them because you have the same experience. Mm -hmm. And that's such like a valuable part of the community. How did you like, did your parents help you do this or did you guys do this? Because I feel like, I mean, I just think you guys are great because I feel like if I wanted to start an organization, I would not know like where to start right now. I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out, but I would not, I I would not know the steps to take immediately to like figure out how to create an organization like this. Um. Yeah. So we just like, it started with me. I was just thinking one day, I'm like, after this like camp that I went to with all the deaf and hard of hearing children, I'm like, this is amazing. I want to like do this all over again if I could, because I just thought like after I came back, I was feeling so happy. I was just telling my mom like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I met like someone who I could relate to. There's so many amazing girls and like everyone is so nice. Everyone just like relates. And I've never like felt like I related to someone more in my life. So I was just thinking about all this. And then I realized that I had like a friend who lived in a different state and she was like struggling a lot with like fitting in as like a deaf and hard of hearing person because she didn't know like anyone else who she could relate to. And I was like her only friend who was like deaf or hard of hearing. So I feel like if she and I had like gotten the experience of like meeting these people who had like deaf or hard of hearing, similar experiences, then it could have definitely like helped us feel like less alone and feeling like less like we didn't fit in anywhere. So I just wanted to like recreate that experience for many kids in our community who also are deaf and hard of hearing in the elementary schools that I drop my brother off every day. And I just decided to like reach out to contacts I had, like my audiologist, I had like a school audiologist as well. I told her about the organization. I just tried to get the word out there. And I asked some of the people I met at this camp to help run this with me. And it's just how it became what it is today. Yeah, I love that. That's that's really smart to and really like great thinking to go to an audiologist and the school audiologist and just to start like locally and just start talking about your organization, you know, and seeing what they think. I know parents would be curious, do you, 
do like kind of like what does the organization do like can other kids like be a part of it how do parents like get their kids involved yeah so we host like monthly like zoom meetings so we'll post that on our instagram pages and we just like ask parents to join if they want to we have like sessions for parents to join if they have like any questions for us based on like accommodations. It's just sort of like a panel so they can just ask us any questions they need to get answered. And since we're like a deaf or hard of hearing board, they can get like the input that they need based on our experiences. Also for kids who are interested, we're thinking of doing like a camp maybe in the winter and in the summer. So students can join virtually and we will maybe host something like locally as well in the community so that both people can benefit from the experiences. But like we can do a camp for the younger children and they can get to meet each other. We'll do some like workshops. We'll also like just play around with like envisioning scenarios that like they might come across in daily life and acting those out and seeing like how you would approach the question, I mean problem. And that will like really help them as well as like connect them to resources that they may need. I love that. Um, and like kind of what age should kids be, you know, when you're thinking about kind of adding on that component in the future of maybe a virtual camp, which I think sounds like so much fun, um, you know, and you're talking about, cause I know you're talking to parents and you're talking to kids. So you're kind of talking to like both you know two audiences what age kids do you think would be best to like be a part of that I'd say around like as young as kindergarten okay I'm thinking of like having like two sections so maybe like an elementary school kind of like virtual camp for those like age range and then like for middle school to like high school so I feel like that would be like most beneficial yeah that would be great is this so fun doing this organization with friends it is it's really fun it's something I really enjoy doing and I know it's like pretty recent but we're really happy with how it's going so far and we really we really just want to be like the voice and like the elder like person with like hearing loss that like we didn't know of when we were younger so I feel like knowing that like there's someone out there with the similar experiences is just amazing. Yeah, it is great. And it is great that you guys um, are doing this together and can work together because, you know, I know a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of adults who like are building businesses or organizations and are kind of like doing it on their own. Like they don't, you know, have partners to work with or friends to work with. And it's definitely a lot harder. Um, it's so fun, I think to have a group of you guys who are friends doing this um, because you can also bounce ideas off of each other, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't feel like you have to be the only one like coming up with, you know, everything that you're going to do or everything that you want to do. And you have people, you know, who can help like give different ideas in there so that, I mean, sounds like a great thing for you guys to be doing. And I love that you're doing like a panel because that definitely, I'm sure parents have like a ton of questions Yeah, for you all the time. And it's great that, because I'm sure all of you have different experiences. 
yeah. too, you know, and that you can bring all of those different experiences to the parents, because I just know from parenting my own kids and also talking to a lot of parents in my state and even, you know, in other states, you know, think like services are different depending on where you lived, your experience in school is different in different states or even in different like parts of the same state. Some states have like a bigger like deaf community to be a part of. Some states like don't have as much, you know, so so you have different resources, you know, is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. And you bring different experiences when you're from different places. And so I think that's really cool that all of you, you know, can bring like different experiences and perspectives and show parents that, being deaf or hard of hearing isn't just like one way you know yeah Um, I agree yeah it's really nice to be able to like work with a team of like other like deaf and hard of hearing teenagers because it's definitely like given me like an idea of like how many people have like gone through the similar experiences but also have like had remotely different ones as well so I really like just having that diversity yeah, I love that. And do you, is are there differences as far as like, are there some people on the panel who like sign, some people who don't? Because I know parents are always curious about things like communication. I don't know if they ask you those same questions, but I know parents are always wondering about communication. Should I use ASL signs? Should we just be talking? Should I do both? You know, like how should I communicate with my kid? You know, and what would, you know, you tell the parents when they're like which do I choose <laughs> or what do I choose yeah so personally I'd say when it comes to communication one of our like panelists she's actually also wears a cochlear implant and she's deaf she signs but before she used to like do speech and then she felt like it was too hard for her to like you know constantly just ask for repetition so then she switched to like a mode of communication that was more convenient for her and that she felt more like she belonged in the deaf community so I'd say like it depends on your children's perspective and like preferences for me I just prefer to like speak I'm learning sign just so I can like talk to other deaf people as well it's also like the skill that can come in handy so I'd say like just letting your child like see what they want to do would be best because Ideally, it's they're just the ones you're trying to communicate with. But I'd say like learning sign couldn't hurt. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much. I know a lot of parents will appreciate that insight and that information from you. Can you tell parents how they can connect with your organization? Yeah, sure. So our Instagram page is, I think, can you like link it or something? Yeah, we'll definitely link it in the show notes for sure. Okay. But we have an email you can reach us by. So that's okay. going to be, shoot, it's not on here right now, but I'll get that information to you. Okay, so we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so sorry. Parents can reach us by emailing us. And um, we can also respond to Instagram DMs. We're in the progress of working on a website. So once that's out, we'll link that to our bio. And there's like a section where you can ask questions there as well. So those are ways that you can get in touch with our organization. 
Okay, great. And do you post, you know, say like parents want to follow you on Instagram, do you post like information about like when your panels are going to be or when you're going to have like the Zoom meetings so parents can join? Yes, yeah, we do. We post them on our stories. So usually like whenever we decide to have like a meeting or a panel, we'll like to say, hey, small reminder, we have a panel from this to this time. And then we'll have like, yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, I, you know, once again, like I said, I love that you're doing this organization. I'm so impressed with you guys because I don't think I would have had the forethought to be able to do something like this when I was your age, you know, and you guys just have such a gift of honestly being brave because this is not always easy. I've talked to other deaf adults and it's not always easy for them to talk about their hearing loss or talk about their experience with hearing loss. You know, and sometimes, you know, if maybe they grew up, you know, in other years when, you know, schools were not as like accommodating to deaf and hard of hearing people, it can be really hard for them to like talk about their experiences. And I just think it is so cool and honestly brave of you guys to be able to, you know, sit up there, even if it's virtually on a panel and have parents ask you questions and, you know, you guys answer them and, you know, want to help them out for their kids. That's definitely not a small thing that you are doing, but it is so helpful to parents and is going to be so helpful to kids who can come on and, you know, at least right now they can view the panel and they can see an example of some older kids like you guys who have hearing loss. And so the kids can you know, see, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. And it kind of shows other younger kids with hearing loss, like what they can do. You know, you guys are kind of like a fantastic example of like, you know, you can do this, you can advocate for yourself, you can speak up for yourself, and you can like create an organization and do something really cool like this if you want to, too. So you guys are just such, you know, great role models for the next ones coming up. Thank you so much for your kind words. And yes, I definitely agree about like the part where you say like hearing loss is not always like really easy to talk about. Sometimes personally, I even struggle with it talking to like even some of my closest friends. I'll like usually like sometimes hesitate whether to like say certain things about my hearing loss. But knowing that like my friends are pretty supportive, most of my friends are. And that kind of like makes me feel better about it in a way, if that makes sense. Like having someone who doesn't judge you for who you are, I mean, what you have and seeing for what you are, is just something that like really has helped me. And also just being able to like share this information, I just do it in the mindset that like, I know this will help many other parents, like how even like my parents talk to many deaf and hard of hearing adults, audiologists, even grown up like kids who had had hearing loss and that has really helped them understand how to navigate that so we're just doing it in the intent to help their parents who listen or join our meetings or just like follow our page so that they know that they're not alone and that we can be willing to like share our experiences whatever way it's helpful for them yeah I love that And we are getting kind of close to the end of our time. And I want to respect your time because you were so great to come on the podcast and do this with me today. 
I usually ask my guests if there is one last like tip. It can be two tips if you want to be, you know, or one last piece of encouragement or something that you can leave parents with. Definitely. It's been an honor to be on this podcast. Thank you so much. And one last tip or two tips I'd leave you with is definitely, I know it can be overwhelming at first, especially like when you have a young child who has hearing loss and you don't know a lot of people who have had it. And it's really like scary. It's a scary place to be. But just know that like you can hold hope and you can like, there's so many resources out there. And just talking to other people who have had it or just like looking into resources, know that your child will be okay. And whatever happens, they're gonna turn out just fine. They will make great friends. They'll be fine. And they'll be welcomed into their own like communities. And yeah, just don't worry too much about your children, but like make sure they're getting their accommodations that they need and making sure they get the support is the really most important thing for your children. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that encouragement for the parents. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to-dos so you can love on your family today. And I'll meet you back on Thursday for another episode. Ciao, Mama.